Okay, Chick Korea, Spain, electric bass duo. Little kid and old man. Wow. Oh, wow. The... So, welcome to the Indexical Podcast. <laughs> we are uh, here in, well, it's a little bit of a cloudy day in Santa Cruz, California. And we've got, we've got, I'm surrounded by Southern Californians, so this is <laughs> terrible weather, I guess, but, uh, it's yeah. actually, you know, it's a little balmy, but... A little balmy. Typical Santa Cruz. But, uh... <laughs> the, anywho, this is Madison, and I'm here with John, and we are joined by Michelle Liu and Scott Worthington, who make up the duo Bass to Bass, and we are really excited to talk to them about the concert that they're going to do tonight in Santa Cruz. And thanks so much for having us. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks for being here. Yeah. Um, and we're really kind of, this is especially exciting because we've never heard the band's music, and we're, we're really kind of keen to find out what it's like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is our inaugural tour, um, because there is no music for, you know, electric-based duo, so we asked some people to write for us, and... Um, yeah, so it's, it's a new thing all around. I don't think there's any other electric bass new music duos out there. Not that I've found. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how, how did you guys come to be a band or a duo? Like, what started it? I had the idea several years ago. Um, and for me, it was just finding a bass player to do it with. And we, we um, know each other sort of from UCSD or just from the SoCal new music scene. Because we didn't overlap at all. Yeah, we were never at UCSD together. But I run this concert series in LA called Wasteland, and Michelle was our first featured composer that we had throughout the season. So that's when we really like started to see each other semi frequently. Um, and then she said, "Do you want to do this?" And then I bought a five string, <laughs> which was kind of like saying yes. <laughs> and a new cabinet. And a new cabinet. It's true. And yeah. some pedals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you're, well, you're both uh, traditionally trained upright uh, bass players. Mm, classical right? jazz, uh, double bass. Yeah. Did we both start playing jazz and then and, was, and, and then switch to classical? Yeah, switch to classical. <laughs> Why did yeah. you switch to classical? I think that's just, you know, when you study the bass, that's kind of a, I guess, a natural inclusion. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. I had a, a um, an interesting undergrad experience that ultimately led me to play more classical music. Yeah, because, you know, if you want to build up good technique, you know, you, your teacher will say, well, you know, pick up the bow and uh, go through some of these um, etude books. And that's mm-hmm. kind of how it happens. So did you grow up playing electric bass then as well? Or did you kind of get back into that? I, I started on electric guitar, and then and then I was in a band, and um, the bass player left, and nobody wanted to play bass. So I guess that without asking me, they the two of the members of the band bought an electric bass and said, now you're playing bass. <laughs> so that's how oh, wow. it started. That's pretty similar. I ha- I wanted to start a rock band with some friends, but they bought their instruments before me. Yeah. Because so <laughs> nobody wants to be the bass player. So the bass was left, yeah. <laughs> you know, I had the same experience. I was a... 
I was a drummer in high school, but my, my best friend, who was also a drummer, was already in the band. So oh, I no, but you could have been a two-drummer band. I, well, oh, the yeah. dream. Yeah. yeah. The dream. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not far. He works for Facebook, so maybe we can uh, oh. get him <laughs> <laughs> High school band back together. Uh-huh. <laughs> Play Karma Police again. Maybe. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> How did you guys come up with the name? I mean, I guess it's pretty... Face to face. Well, you know, we like puns. So it's a. It's a Michelle, I, I woke up. I th- I'm pretty sure I woke up to an email from Michelle that just is like the subject was something like, I got it. And then it just said, face to face. That sounds like a 90s boy band. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. If you guys ever like write pieces together, you should name the pieces accordingly. <laughs> Maybe not. Because I don't know if you I don't know if you've done a search for bass to bass online, no. but Uh-oh. we found some music uh, that I I'm assuming isn't you guys, but maybe tell me if I'm wrong. We're just gonna let's just take a little sample here. Whoa. <laughs> and it's kind of weird because there's not there's not a lot of low end on this track. Whoa, is this from the 90s? This is a, from a band called Ryu, and then it's Ryu Star. It's called Bass 2 Bass, spelled the same way. So I don't know. Oh, I don't, wasn't sure whether that was an inspiration or... Uh, <laughs> they might, they no. might have a copyright issue. <laughs> no, we're, nice. we'll be okay. But we did, we did someone... Uh, who was it? Is it in San Francisco that they typographically wrote our name in all caps? So I think we're going to adopt that because the... Ooh. Because the two is in the same height as all of the rest of the things. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is. Like a nice slip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, there's that too. Yeah. <laughs> so what can you tell us about the, the pieces that you're going to perform tonight? Uh, well, you have a piece, right? I Scott? have a piece, and uh, and then there's music by Weston... Help Olensky. me. Olensky. and Sabrina Schroeder. Um... What's there to say? So Weston and Sabrina's pieces are both fairly uh, dependent on pedals, should we say? <laughs> and my piece is straight into the amp. It's just the basses. Um, so they they act as nice book bookends, I guess, for Scott's piece because you get to actually hear the bass, and it's <clears throat> and it's it's range because we're all over the bass. Um, Weston's piece, there are five movements, and um, I guess it's kind of the theme is on elements and space. Yeah. So it's spacey, and um, it doesn't really sound like the bass except for one movement. Yeah, that's right. And Sabrina's it's... piece really um, exploits the low end, which we'll have to be, I think, careful about in the venue tonight. Yeah, <laughs> depending how many fragile objects they have for sale. Oh. Yeah. Because <laughs> every time I've played it, the little the head that rests on top of my cabinet starts um, dancing off, <gasps> off off of the cabinet. So I. <laughs> I'm actually pretty excited for the concert tonight because it's not. It's also the first time that we're gonna be in this space too, so it'll be fun to sort of. Yeah, it feels like you're inside of a boat when you're there. What? Yeah, one of the people who owns it and lives there um, 
uh, is a carpenter, like like a custom carpenter. So the entire inside ceiling, it's like bowed wood, like a boat hole or cool. something. Wow. It's really cool. Yeah, it's, so, it's And then the other person is like a mixed media collage artist. Yeah, we're hoping that stuff doesn't fall off the walls. Yeah. Hopefully. So you guys are gonna rock so hard. Take a look at. <laughs> well, we had when we got to the first gig in San Francisco, uh, Michelle didn't even have her amp up that loud, and I think you just played like your B string, and the whole venues. <laughs> yeah. It was really um. Kind of kind of weird, actually, how little volume it took to vibrate mm-hmm. stuff. We're a little worried about fitting on the little stage because I, I was looking yeah. at the photos online of this venue tonight. And we have a lot, we have a big setup. We have, I mean, I have, um, I go through like 10 pedals. <laughs> what, else, so t- what else do you guys have? So you have 10 pedals. I have a power drill. Okay. We both play with bows, some Ebo. Do you Ebo? I don't Ebo. I Ebo. Guitar slide, cardboard, yeah. ball chain. <laughs> This is all Weston's piece. Right. Yeah, I was gonna say this yeah. sounds like Weston. Yeah. yeah. And and a laptop. And a laptop, mm-hmm. yeah. So um, we're gonna have to be creative. Oh, that's right, the laptop. Um, does that aesthetic, um, like piles of objects, does that? <laughs> do you have that aesthetic. relationship with Weston in like your like? Do you feel like he was getting back at you? I kind of think so, you know, because I wrote that piece for him that had has a pretty much he has to lug a whole suitcase yeah. around in order right. to perform that piece. So I was prepared. Mm-hmm. That was home, that's yeah. that's Honey Dripper. Yeah. The yeah. story so cool, you guys oh. sort of have this like exchange where I don't know if you want to talk. Well, about I mean, because so I I get I guess there was this you know this understanding that he could pretty much do whatever he wanted, and I gave him a list of all of my gear. And um, there wasn't much um, exchange when he was writing the piece, he just delivered it. Mm-hmm. And then we had to kind of, yeah, decipher all of, all of the objects and um, try to piece it all together and like not forget that this piece, I have to put like all these um, clips on my face, like five or six clips on different parts of the string. And, um, but it's, yeah, it's fun. It's, I think it's a really great piece.
It's like at our Stanford show, there are two guys that showed up that were just these bass players in town, and I think they really wanted to hear us ba- play the bass. <laughs> you don't really hear us play the bass yeah. in, a, in, a, in a traditional way. In a... I guess in any of the pieces. My piece, you I mean, hear bass notes, but it's not really like a... I mean, Weston has a slap bass movement. <laughs> Get the Seinfeld in there. Oh no! It's, it's not very Seinfeldy, I'm okay. afraid. Well, and I have to. So, I'm also like, I was wondering if you could also talk maybe a little bit about Honey Dripper. And I just mm-hmm. have to say, interject here, that when Weston played Honey Dripper in Santa Cruz, you were here and you brought earplugs for everyone. Yeah, which was so nice and yeah. thoughtful. Like no one before or since has ever done that. And I just have to say, like, yeah, give you a shout out for doing that. Yeah, because I don't, you know, like it's not for me. I'm not trying to write like a really kind of aggressive kind of like broy piece you know where it's like it's so loud that that you, you're gonna have like a ringing ears afterwards it is it is by nature a lot of by nature those sounds are gonna be loud um but I don't want people's ears to hurt um and I don't want people to walk out um but yeah it's uh it's this piece that I collaborated with um Weston over a period of I guess a year or so and it has it's a lot of pedals um, the trombone has is going through a, a chain of pedals through a mixer then the mixer towards the end becomes the instrument but also in addition there are transducers that are placed on top of different materials like wood, metal glass and and inside one of his mutes and they kind of act as these um, actuators for, a, for they're like these little percussion instruments that he activates by just pressing his finger on the open, un- unplugged jack, mm. which gives enough of a signal to activate the transducer to start kind of, you know, dancing on top of these, um, these, yeah, surfaces. Mm. And so it's kind of like, he's kind of like, um, yeah, he's using his feet, he's using his fingers, he's also like blowing into his instrument. Um, it's like a one-man band mm-hmm. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It kind of turns into like a techno rave thing at the end. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
what sort of sound or what sort of things were you hoping to get out of the bass from this project and specifically from commissioning these composers? Are because um, I mean obviously the bass is usually you're like playing the low notes or you're like holding notes or something like that. Mm -hmm. So where what were you hoping new music for five string electric bass would achieve? And are there other pieces not necessarily for two electric basses, but are there other electric bass uh, new music pieces that kind of were inspiration for this project? Yeah, well actually the inspiration for this project is that there's there aren't any really because because I was like I went online to try to find when some of the first pieces in 20th century composition uh, if there are any pieces that had electric bass and I think when was it in uh, it was in the 70s yeah um, but I found out that the electric guitar makes an appearance in Stockhausen's group in 1955 mm -hmm. and it wasn't until like Louis Andreessen and these guys started using the bass in the 70s mm -hmm. and then in the 90s with um, like Romatelli and but they still play the bass you know they're kind of playing yeah. a bass line they're kind of just basically uh, replacing the role of the double bass but not really doing anything that's um texture based or, or melodic or mm -hmm. so we want to see what people could do with that um yeah i mean i could think of it in orchestral music uh i mean like i'm thinking of like the morricone scores where it's like such a huge part of this whole sound where you have the orchestra and you have this electric bass and it kind of it's a real um contextual shift that you have to do mm -hmm. um but obviously the music that you guys are playing is like like it sounds like scott your music is it, the this this piece is kind of along the lines of uh the prism album some of the stuff on there yeah yeah bows and i think that's right harmonics i guess there's a lot of harmonics. Um, I tend to, when I write, I, 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 I guess I'm not so interested in the extended technique and things like that. And it's more, I want, I want to hear like the the orchestration interest is just from hearing various combinations of instruments. So I just want to hear like the sound of the electric bass for twenty minutes or something. So it's like a, I guess that's or a trumpet or whatever, you know, whatever the, the ensemble might be.
But I guess there's the, there's some, I'm just thinking of electric bass rep, the only, like there's a Cage solo that I think he did for, I think it's for Robert Black. That's one of the uh, composed improvisations. But it's, I'm not sure that it features the electric bass really. It's just he had, it's there's this many knobs and there's this many frets and you roll some dice and get a certain amount of actions you're supposed to do, so it doesn't really feature the bass. <laughs> Would you say that the kind of techniques that, that end up get, at least so far, that you've been using, are, are they taken more from kind of 
these uh, the like new music aesthetic with with upright bass playing, or you know the the language of kind of electric bass in popular musics. Or mm-hmm. Well, I mean, with Weston's slap, um, besides the slap bass movement, I would say it's taken not from the bass at all. Yeah. Um. I feel like Weston's piece very much is is uh, it just uses the the bass is like a some electronic signal to send through this array of pedals. Same with Sabrina's piece. Yeah. Um, I mean, we get really low frequencies, but otherwise it could be something else coming from another low frequency instrument. Um, so in a way, I guess I was saying, I, so then I was telling Scott that it would be nice if we could just groove. but it probably wouldn't you know work in this context um so like in sound check we usually play through a bunch of bass lines (laughs) (laughs) just to get it out just to get it out of our system yeah Yeah. and with well with that grooving in mind uh i was wondering if if uh each of you by any chance had any kind of ideal and i'm sorry if i'm putting you on the spot here whether you've ever thought about the ideal kind of electric bass duos from you know from history like super like group. super group if you could pick any two <laughs> bass players oh whoa <laughs> from all of time from well, all of time since the 50s probably <laughs> like they might not go to i mean like my one of my favorite bassists is james jamerson yeah i was um, just, i was my first thought was like james jamerson and jocko so it's like oh. the best <laughs> groove so and incredible solo mm-hmm. but i don't i don't the yeah. vibe might be really wrong I <laughs> and i can't remember his name right now i think his name is rocco but the bass player from tower of power yeah he's amazing <laughs> yeah soul vaccination yeah <laughs> uh, bay, bay area locals mm-hmm, right. mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard. Didn't was he one of them who? Did you hear about this? Uh, that got hit by a train. Got hit by a train no, outside. He, uh, yeah. What's that place? In called? Oak, uh, yeah, Oakland. Right. Oh, Yoshi's. Yoshi's. Yeah. 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 No, that was. Crazy. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Cool. Yeah. James, oh, so James oh, Jamerson and Jocko were, were going. I'm still, no, I'm still. I'm still. I'm like deep in thinking yeah. of of who would be. Who would make the right group? The ideal combination. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. If you just want, like, to, like, to nerd out on, like, virtuosic bass stuff, <laughs> it would just be, like, Jaco and then, um, I don't know, like, Victor Wooten. Yeah. <laughs> but that, would all, that also doesn't seem, like, the combination also doesn't seem like to be right. <laughs> Marcus Miller and you know actually Marcus Miller and Nathan East would probably be make an incredible duo just like super studio but like unreal musicianship from both mm-hmm. of them mm-hmm. it would be groovy it would not be what we're about to play that's <laughs> for sure do you both like listen to a lot of Bass repertoire? <laughs> like, like bass repertoire? Like, oh, you mean like the, the kind of like the bass, electric bass equivalent of like Steve Vai? <laughs> <laughs> Who is that? 
Michael Victor, Mann, Victor right? Wooten. Victor Wooten's, yeah, yeah, that yeah. That kind yeah. of stuff, like the stuff that only bass players listen to. Right. It, like, does that exist? Is that a thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because there's Ty Wokenfield. Okay. It's not my scene. I don't know that. Yeah. Just like, uh, yeah, like, bass chops. Yeah. Yeah, really good bass chops. <laughs> but, uh, no. I would say no. No. Yeah. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I used to in the upright. I used to be in, into like, who was who was the hot contemporary soloist, but not anymore. Like Edgar Meyer. Uh yeah, or like uh the um oh. I'm gonna butcher his name, so I'm just not gonna say it because this is being recorded. But there's a there's a <laughs> there's an Italian bassist who. Let's go to Nibio. No, the uh, one of his. Well, I think one of his students who runs the ensemble. Um, um, it's like L- Ludus Gravis. It's like an eight bass ensemble. Uh, anyway. Eight bass ensemble. Yeah, eight uprights. He does. They they actually sound pretty good. For you know what? I think I've seen them. They're super handicapped by the instrumentation, but yeah. they do quite well. They do an arrangement of Terry Riley in C, but they transposed it so that it works on the bass, so it's in D. It's <laughs> kind of awesome. <laughs> Except then I think they play in solo tuning, so it's an E. Which, uh, anyway, I'm not... <laughs> I haven't checked. I haven't checked on a keyboard. That so. was a serious rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of this... Or, uh, not a lot. <laughs> there's... There are, like, bass... There are upright bass ensemble pieces out there. Right. Absolutely. There? Like, like there's that, <laughs> yeah. like there's that, like this Volskaya piece for for eight mm-hmm. upright bases and it just sounds like, like mud. a gong or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, and, I forget what it is. And I like think it's Mahler hammer. I think it's piano Mahler hammer in <laughs> eight bases. Yeah. 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 I want to write for Mahler hammer. <laughs> it's a, yeah. I mean, you can. The Mahler hammer octet. <laughs> <laughs> when I was, uh, when I, yeah. When I was at the Seattle Symphony, they 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 did uh, that symphony, and and the guy just like the percussionist like lived way out in the woods, and just <laughs> over a weekend just built this huge <laughs> box and a giant hammer just to hit like three times, yeah. you know, <laughs> two evenings at a matinee, and like <laughs> and I guess right. put it in the closet for <laughs> a decade later, whenever they do it again. <laughs> I know I've seen some on on YouTube. Sometimes those hammers are really huge, yep. and they're just they just have to hold it and they're they're ready. But the whole kind of the timing of it, you know, to swing this big heavy thing must be really um, hard. Yeah, you have yeah. to. You, I mean, you have to plan like to five work. or six seconds yeah, in advance for it to come yeah. around, right? Yeah. <laughs> have you ever had used one of those? Got like a real loony tube. Yeah, no, I'm not yeah. even. I'm having trouble even picturing. I'm. I'm I see Thor right now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Like pretty, pretty good. <laughs> I mean, I can. I can pull up this guy with his hammer. It's on YouTube. We we put it on YouTube. <laughs> oh, the exact guy. Yeah. The exact homemade hammer. Yeah. We had base scratch didn't work out. That's right. You didn't find it. So if you start searching for Mahler hammer, Mahler hammer fail. Oh, yes. <laughs> Can we just watch these instead? Yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, let's see. Oh, that's a big one. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's pretty that's good. I'm glad we watched that. That's gonna be great radio. Okay. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> Just YouTube it at home. It's <laughs> called Hammer it. Fail Mahler's Symphony Number no. Six. Fifty-seven hundred views. That's pretty hazardous because of that. Shout out to the funny, funny music YouTube account. I believe that's <laughs> yeah. what it says there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny music. They're gonna make it. I think they're gonna make it to six thousand views. That's eight more on account of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And most of those will be like Russian spam bots finding the podcast, and then (laughs) or just me. (laughs) It's a party time to show all your friends. Okay, cool. Well, that was yeah. yeah. On a di- wow. so on a different note, <laughs> I mean, I think it's I think it's really interesting. So you are both per- composers and performers, and it seems like this, like Scott, you have a piece on this program, but it seems like this is like really like a performers venture. But I'm also sort of curious about the relationship between those activities, and mm-hmm. do you normally sort of write pieces with you like yourself as a performer in mind, or do you write more general? things or all the above I don't know how composing works I I kind of I've always kept those things separate for me mm-hmm. um, I've never composed for myself and I have yet to and I feel like I would be a lot harder on myself more critical and um, I feel like once if I'm I can kind of shift brains if I'm performing then I can just because already when you're a composer and you just you just feel hyper um, vulnerable when you're in the audience you're just kind of thinking, okay, this part's really boring, and you'd see someone shift in their seat, and you're like, man, they're really bored. <laughs> so if then I'm on stage, and I'm responsible for, you know, both right. sides of it, I think that would drive me nuts. So I haven't done it yet. I, uh, I have the opposite answer, which <laughs> is that I've basically always done that. Uh, when, I, when I started playing jazz when I was in high school and stuff, I had teachers that were, that basically really told us that we should write tunes too and then I got more interested in classical music so I started writing that because that's what I was playing um, so I like always play my own music it's pretty I think it's pretty ingrained in how I do both activities hmm. <laughs> do you feel like that changes how you approach the bass because you mentioned that you really want to kind of hear the sound of the bass and that sort of thing like like Michelle would you feel comfortable doing to your own instrument what you might ask other people to do to theirs and affix transducers to it and stuff like that yeah it's interesting because I would like you know along this tour I was thinking yeah you know the kind of music I like playing is kind of different. It might be different from what I want to write. Mm-hmm. So then I started feeling feeling guilty because because um, I like as a performer, <laughs> maybe I don't want to have to count a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> and play like really hard stuff. So now I'm like, okay, so I'm gonna keep this in mind when I'm writing for other people. Maybe I, you know, I know some people like like to do that. That's what they do as performers. Mm-hmm. But. Um, so if I were to write for myself, I would probably, it would definitely be, um, not limited, but it would go along the lines of my, um, reluctance to do a lot of counting. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
do so these are these pieces that 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 you have worked up for tonight um not there's, counting not so there's counting some, there's some stuff that has counting but a lot of it has kind of a more open notation mm-hmm. i'd say i think the majority has a pretty open notation and then mm-hmm. there's a few spots that are that Weston gave us <laughs> that we have to count through. <laughs> Anything else you want to send off yeah. to our listeners all across uh, the country and the world at large? <laughs> wow. uh, I don't know. Rock on. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah. Thanks. This is yeah. cooking. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.